And we are back with another episode of the Life IQ podcast. And our question right now, who you love? You know, when I first dropped this question, people have been hitting me up. David, talk about romance. Talk about how to shoot my shot. Talk about online dating. Talk about this. Talk about that. And that episode is finally here. Very excited with my guest, Muna Muhammad. We dive into romantic relationships, talking about how to approach dating, what your mindset should be, and also how to know your worth when it comes to appreciating being single and putting that into relationships. So as always, I hope that you love this episode. I hope that you share it with someone. And most of all, I hope that you learn something. So with that being said, let's get into it. When I was thinking about who I could bring on for this episode, if uh, anyone who's listening has an older sibling, you can probably relate. When your older siblings would like bring their friends around that you thought was, you know, pretty cute or cool, you'd be trying to act away. So I actually met this person through my older sister, Lois, and she's probably going to kill me for what I'm about to say. But when I met Muna, I was like, I know what love is, yo. I'm in love. <laughs> Because Muna just had this, she just had this confidence, you know, she just had this smile. She was super beautiful. She was funny. Um, and I met her when I think I was in, I was in grade 10. She was in grade 11. And then we ended up going to uh, Carlton together. We both lived in Orleans in the same neighborhood. So we had these really long commutes either to campus or coming back from campus. And one thing that was always a pretty common topic of conversation was, what was going on with, you know, this person or that person, who the crush of the time was. I would always give her really great advice. She never took it. And it turned out that I was always right. Yeah. Um, so when I was writing this episode about who you love and talking about romantic relationships, it just made sense to reach out to her. We actually haven't talked in a minute. So this is going to be a great way for us to reconnect. But we're welcoming Muna Mohammed to the Life IQ podcast. Muna, how you doing? Welcome to the show. I'm doing good. I did not think that's what you meant when you said you were going to gas me up. <laughs> that's so sweet. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'm doing good. Yeah, I've had a really nice morning so far, really chill day. And it's nice to just like hop on here and talk about something that isn't like the pandemic and, you know, just like, you know, doom and gloom. So I was really excited about you inviting me to, to talk about this topic. So I'm pumped to be here. I'm happy to hear that you're having a, a great morning so far, but how's life overall? How's life in general? How you've been? Obviously, like you mentioned, things are a little bit different the past few months, but how, how's stuff going for you? No, things are good. Like, I think the thing with COVID is that it puts into perspective, like, a lot to be grateful for. So, like, my family's all well and healthy. Um, I think I've been focusing, like, a lot on my career uh, just because I have nothing else to do. <laughs> But it's been good. Like I've been, I've been, I've been putting a lot of energy into my work, which has been nice. I've been well, um, and I'm trying to like I'm a little more optimistic about what it might look like coming out of this pandemic. So like most of my family's vaccinated, which is great. So yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing okay considering like the state of the world right now. Yeah, that's that's good. I I think you're right. Like I think overall, um, I've been trying to focus on on those positive things and it, it really makes you realize that you can't take things for granted when it comes to relationships when it comes to life when it comes to experiences because 
we've just experienced how quickly all that stuff can be taken away. So that's definitely been one of the learnings um, in COVID. I do want to dig down a little bit more into your life and talk about, you know, the romantic aspect. And we have that kind of lined up on the agenda for today. But just to introduce again, for anyone who might be listening for the first time, um, the question that we're digging into over the next couple of episodes is who you love. And we're focusing on our love lives and how that manifests in our relationships with other people when it comes to friendships, in our romantic relationships, and then also we'll be talking a little bit on how that manifests in self-love. Um, but for today with Muna, who uh, I'm, I'm calling the love doctor for this episode, Muna, just so you know, um, we're going to be it. talking about, you know, the experiences of, of <laughs> talking about dating and quarantine. We're going to be talking about some of your relationships in terms of um, the best relationships and the worst relationships you've had and giving a little bit of reasoning behind that. Uh, but to kick it off, Muna, what, what's happening right now? What's what's the current relationship status? Let us know. Listen, so I've I've actually been single with the exception of like some flings for like two-ish years, so for a while. Um, like it's been two and a half years since my last long-term relationship. I dated a bit in the beginning of quarantine. So like uh, April, August-ish when I thought it would be over soon and then it got really serious. Um, and it didn't go that well. I was dating a lot right before quarantine, just like going on dates, um, but nothing really stuck. So I've been, I've been single for, for quite a while um, and enjoying it. Like for the first little bit, of, I was like, I wanna be single. Now I feel like a little more ready to meet somebody, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm single. I'm, uh, and I have, I think a lot of my reflections, like as I was thinking about this topic were like reflections that I've gained as a single person in reflection of, of like my past relationships and what I've learned. Um, and I've just been really like enjoying the pace of this, of this single life. I miss dating. <laughs> I miss like in-person dating big time. Um, and I just miss meeting new people. Like I'm super extroverted. So that's been a little bit hard, but yeah, single, I'm single. True. What about you? I actually don't know what your oh, relationship is. Um, not single. And honestly, like really loving it. I think it's been interesting because it like started in quarantine um, and it's distance. So there's like definitely a lot of work, but also it's it's been great for me because I, I also thrive in like having my own space and doing my own thing. Um, but also it, it makes it better when we're together because you want to take advantage of all the time because you don't know, you don't always know when the next time is going to be that you're together. So um yeah but uh yeah so that's that's me but you you mentioned like day in mm -hmm. quarantine obviously you can't really meet people organically so was that like through tinder hinge bumble yeah yeah i met um i've always i've always been a fan of dating apps like i know dating apps get uh a bad rep like i think maybe like in our culture as like youth um and and millennials but like i really really love um the type of access dating apps give you. I like that it's like this concentrated place of people that are also looking for for something, you know, like are also looking for uh, love or like relationships or casual things, whatever that might be. So I was I was on dating apps before when when COVID hit and we went into lockdown. 
I, I doubt I was on like hinge, like international. So I would just like place my pin in different like cities <laughs> around the world and just like, and, and I literally would be like, I'd literally just am bored and I want to meet, like, we may never meet up. Like maybe I'll get flown out after, after this, like who knows, but I, I was really just like trying to meet people. Um, so I, I did, I honestly did a lot of FaceTime dates. Like if I, if I think of like the beginning of quarantine, I've probably done like, maybe like 15 to 20 FaceTime dates um, since wow. quarantine started. Yeah. Yeah. I, and honestly, I think I want to adopt it even after, uh, even after we're able to meet in person because it's this really great opportunity to just like, get, like just see someone and talk to them and like get, do like an immediate screening before you choose to like spend an evening or an afternoon on a date with them. Right. So I really like actually like the FaceTime date as like a, um, uh, a first like meeting of people and I can't do the I can't do the texting for too long I get really bored yeah. so um yeah so I was like FaceTime dating um and like dropping my pin in a bunch of places meeting some pretty cool people uh and then you know like I went on like one in-person date with this person I was talking to for a while the date was terrible uh <laughs> in like August and then yeah just have been like FaceTime dating since now I'm taking a break from the app um because it was just a little bit exhausting, but yeah, yeah, I've been on, I'm on like all the apps. Was, was FaceTime dating awkward? Cause I've, I heard that some people were doing it. And for me, like, I think when I think about like the way I interact with people, if I'm interested or whatever, a lot of it comes from just like how I would engage with my body language. Or I think like my humor probably comes through a little bit better, like in person, like when you see the type of person I am. So was that ever awkward, like thinking about the first few FaceTime dates? Also, like, what's the optimal length of a FaceTime date? Because I feel like, are you like, oh, yo, my mom's calling me, I got to cut? Or like, are you? do you set it up in a calendar? Like, what do you do when it comes to the FaceTime dates? <laughs> That's too funny. I So so the trick, if you want to get off a FaceTime date, I'll just say quickly, is to put your phone on airplane mode in the middle of the FaceTime. And it looks like the call dropped because your phone died. Like this, this is like a like if it's, if it's this going is the really content terribly. we're looking for. This is yo write this down, write this down if you're going on a Facetime date. Airplane mode. Listen. Okay, that's good to know. Airplane mode. If it's going really disastrous, it looks like your phone died. Um. So so I've done that a couple times when it hasn't gone well. I would say like one. I I really hate like if you're FaceTiming someone, just focusing only on the FaceTime without things to do. Because if you're at like a dinner with somebody, you're like eating, you're maybe like drinking, um, you're, you're like, it's a stimulating environment, right, to be out. But when you're like on a screen with someone, it's just looking at them. And I think that contributes to the awkwardness. So I do things while I'm on FaceTime dates, like maybe I'll do my makeup or like, I don't know, like I'll just doodle or something. So I'm like, you know, doing something while on this date with them. Um, and I don't find it awkward. I think it's like, uh, it can be a little bit awkward um, at the jump because you don't know what that person's like pace of conversation is. Like I'm a pretty fast talker and like slow talkers are like, <laughs> they're like chill out when they meet me. So, um, and you don't know if the person's like shy, um, but uh, I'm, I'm big on like conversation when I first meet someone, I'm not big on like activities. Like I really want to talk to the person. So FaceTime dates really work for me. Did you go in with it? Do you go in with like an agenda, <laughs> like things that, excuse me, things that you want to hit? Honestly, like, yeah, I have like a few things that I, 
really like to talk about on first dates. Um, like, I think that like, if, if there's a common interest around just like, um, I don't know, music is something I really enjoy talking about because it's easy to get the conversation going around music. But, but I do, I am genuinely curious about knowing what the person is like looking for out of, uh, out of a relationship. So if they're looking for something casual or looking for something more serious, then that's something I like to establish on, on a first date. Um, and then I love to ask people about their relationships with their like, um, you know, friends, family, community, like hobbies. I've been trying to like teeter away from asking people about their jobs. So I just get really into like what people are passionate about and try to ask them questions around that. Um, and, and yeah, and like political views, like, you know me, so you know that like political views like kind of matter to me. So that's yeah. something that, that I try and get at, at a, on a first date. Um, uh, and yeah, I, I would say those are, those are like the major things. Like, do you have a relationship? Like, what's your relationship with the people in your life? What are your political views and what are you looking for? I like need to know if I'm going to like end a, end a date with someone and want to do another one. Wow. That's dope. Yo, already two, two things that I've learned. Not that I need it, but I guess for anyone who's like single and mingling and looking, um, <laughs> the airplane mode thing is literally genius. Like I literally never thought about that before. Dates going awful, just put on airplane mode. So what do you say after? Like where you're just like, oh, you like you wait like 20 minutes and then you're like, oh, stop, sorry, phone died. Talk to you later. Yeah, exactly. I do. I do. Um, I, so one, I also really like morning dates. So I'll either do like a like a morning, like pre-work <laughs> date or like a night date. So that way it's either like oh, I got to start work or like I got to go to bed um, after oh you like, message them in 20 minutes. It's pretty good. It works pretty well. Bro, Muna, you're you're a genius. This is amazing. <laughs> Um, and the second thing, obviously going with an agenda. And I think the, the tip of like, if you're virtual dating and like doing activities, um, is really smart. Cause I think if I was doing it, I would just go into it like, all right, I'm going to have this like 20, 25 minute conversation. Um, and then not really know how to end it. Be like, all right, well, um, I just gotta make an excuse on the spot to cut, but that's pretty cool. And then when you said you were doing Hinge International, like, what are some of these cities you were dropping your pen in? Like, were you in Budapest? Were you in Hong Kong? Like, where were you? I, I so, um, I dropped my pen in Philly, in New York, and in Houston. Um, I met someone really cool in Houston. We talked for like four hours. Um, and then just things kind of like fizzled out because there was, there was no like opportunity to see this person. Um, and I got kind of bored. So, um, and then also in Ghana and uh, in Berlin, I think were the two other areas where I dropped my pin. Honestly, a lot of people were like, what the hell are you doing here? Like people were down to talk to me, but they were also like, you live across the world. <laughs> like I'm looking for a girl <laughs> and like, this is impossible. And I'm just like shooting the shit. Like I'm just here to have fun. So <laughs> it wasn't like a total success. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want this to sound bad, but like when I sit, they say it in my head, it sounds good, but you have a lot of experience when it comes to dating. Um, I remember like when we would, when we would take the bus from, from Carlton back home, like I literally could never keep up. It was always a new person. And I just like, didn't even bother yeah. to learn their names. Cause I was just like, 
I, yeah, I don't know who these who these mans are, but um, the cool thing that like I really really appreciated about you in those moments was like you're like very very introspective when it comes to your relationships, and you are quite open with like talking about how you feel and like processing those things, and then talking about it with you know whoever the person might have been that you were dating. So if it comes to breaking down. Maybe let's not talk about relationships yet, but let's talk about like the dating phase before you commit to someone or you're when you're still trying to figure things out. What are some of the things that you would say like these are some tips I would give to other people that I found to be successful for me? Yeah, I mean, like the one thing about being, uh, um, you know, someone who's our age, mid twenties in this in this country, I think in like contrast to my parents is just like there's so much choice like there's so much choice about like who you can date there's so much choice around your relationship style if you want like monogamy or an open relationship like there's just this vastness of choice that I think can make you feel a little bit like lost sometimes like it's like you know there's so many options for me and and for me a really critical part was just getting super clear around my core values when it came to like dating so it was like you know, like things like I'm a big, and I mentioned it before, I'm a really big family person. And so dating someone who who is also a family person or who has a strong sense of community really matters to me. And um, once you get clear on those, you waste less of your time. Like I, I, I genuinely think that um, being in the early dating stages with someone um, and, and there being a gap in compatibility long run and you sticking with it, even though you know there's like a gap of compatibility, but you're unwilling to go deeper into what that is, is the worst thing you can do for yourself and for that person. Um, and in the, in, for, for people who are together for a long time, that gap can be like, do you want kids or not, et cetera. And I don't think you necessarily have to do that. But like, if you don't, if, if you don't like how this person treats, you know, service staff or like, or like if you really don't like how this person um, is in relationship with their with their uh, friends, if you don't like how um, this person like, you know, you don't see much ambition or like passion in anything that they do. And that's like a bit of a turnoff to you, but you're sticking with it because there's this like feeling, like we get really attached to the feeling of connection and chemistry, like you're doing yourself a big disservice. And so to be brave enough to also say like, I am very attracted to this person, I feel very strongly about this person, but it's not compatible for my life and where I'm at. Like the biggest, I think, um, tip for people who are in the early stages of dating, because then you get to like weed out. Um, and that was you, what you're talking about. Yeah, I was dating a lot of people because I had no idea what my core values were and what I wanted. And I, I'm yeah. generally an open person, but all of those people, like most of my exes, I say this, should have been friends. I should not have dated these people because they weren't compatible with mm. me in terms of what I was looking for in a partnership. And I learned that also, like as you were sh sharing about how you're learning more as you get older, I learned that in my mid twenties that like, you know, my time is worth something, my energy is worth something and I should preserve it. So that's the biggest thing I'd say. Wow. That's, that's such a bar. Um, I 100% agree with you. I think you made a really good distinction. And I think this is like where being in university can be somewhat of a trap because there's so many beautiful people around. And there's so many people that you're attracted to for, for several different reasons. And it could be like physical attraction or it could be like, they like the same things that you like, music, or you just, you just vibe, but it doesn't always equate to being compatible. 
Um, and that's also mm-hmm. something that I would say I've learned as well. Is like sometimes you meet someone and you start spending some time with them, and then you're like, "Yo, I actually know that this is going absolutely nowhere." And then you just like <laughs> for some reason just spend more time, and you just waste both of your time, and then it gets to a point where you're like, "Okay, now I like really have to break it off." But there's a little bit of that, like you said, like that that relying on on a feeling. Um, too much or like they make me feel good and like when we're together it's really fun um but then also it's like they also annoy you a ton you know what i mean and like you're not very compatible so i think that's a really good point mm-hmm. and then also the point of like your core values and you, you know what go ahead you need both like there's this there's this concept that i can't remember where i heard it probably on a podcast but of like life partners so these people who have the characteristics of someone who could build a life with right um, and, and there's an alignment, a compatibility in how you envision your life together. And then there's like soulmates, which are people you feel like a deep connection to. And it's actually really rare to find someone who's both. And so like when in our, like, you know, in our dating experience, when we're younger, like we are dating all these people, either based on a feeling or, and I've also dated people based on like, you just tick off all my boxes. You're ambitious, our, our views align. Um, you're caring and compassionate, you're a good listener, you're goofy and you're fun, like all of those things align for me, but I don't feel anything. Um, And then I've had the opposite end where it's like, I feel so strongly, but nothing aligns. Mm. And it's like incredibly rare to have someone that meets both. And I think we think it's like more abundant because we have so many options, like we can date online, we can, you know, we have access to so much, but it's really not like to meet to have both those things in a person is incredibly rare. Um, and I think once we accept that, we also practice a little more like patience with ourselves, a little less like desperation, uh, a little more just like going with the flow and like accepting that not everyone's for you and just enjoying the process of meeting and getting to know new people through dating, which is the great part of dating. It's just your ability to connect and engage and like learn about new people. Um, so yeah. What would you say to someone who might be listening and it's like, they've spent the time dating, they've done it through you know, intros from a friend or they've done it through dating apps or they've done it through any other means, but they just haven't found either one of those, like someone who might be a soulmate or someone who might be a life partner. Like what kind of encouragement? Because I, you know, obviously like you have friends who sometimes are just a little bit frustrated. They're like, yo, like, I don't understand where it's like I meet someone and then either I'm not feeling it, they're not feeling it or something just isn't right. Like it doesn't seem like there's that spark or whatever. So what can you say to to those people? That's real. I mean, for me, I think it's like, um, in part also like ridiculous how we almost expect that people don't like long for it. Like for I always try to um, separate longing from desperation because desperation is this thing that's like, um, you know, um, you you are, you're missing something in you. Like you don't feel you don't feel full, you don't feel connected, you don't feel loved. Um, And then there's like a a desperation that seeps in and desperation for a relationship also leads to like, I think a lot of insecurity, a lot of like bending over backwards to try and like fit a mold of the people that you meet and and, trying to to, um, not being authentic to yourself, right? Because if you're authentic to yourself, that's when you also experience a lot of rejection and Mm -hmm. it doesn't work. And then there's like longing, which is truly like, you know, like you are fulfilled, you are, you know, happy with life, you have moments of like deep longing and desire 
to, to be in relationship and partnership with someone. Um, and so I would say to those people, like, you know, do maybe a little bit of an assessment. I think the feeling of longing and desperation are sometimes the same, but the impact of them is different. Desperation leaves you feeling really shitty and longing is just like a, you know, this kind of sucks for right now, but, but I'll make it through. Um, and so the ability to just be able to say like this, this, um, this desperation, if it is desperation is real for me, what are ways that I can show myself, um, some love, like date myself. I don't know if you've heard about like self dating, but like a lot of people, you know, are doing that and practicing that. What are ways that I can build friendships and connections with people? Just like take my focus a little bit further away from romantic relationships. And that's hard because our, our world really, um, really values and puts like this huge emphasis on romantic relationships. So it's like actually really, um, really almost radical to say like, that's not where I'm going to put my energy right now. I'm just going to put it in friends. And then you live a more like fulfilled life in the present. You're not actively thinking about like, who, who am I going to meet? Is this person going to be the one? Um, cause, cause that's not a, a happy, joyful place to be. And I will also say that like this idea that singleness is like the place in between relationships is so messed up. Like this idea that like you, the, the parts of your life that are like full of joy and like that are your life are the, those in relationships and the singleness is just the in-between as you're figuring it out. Like singleness can, it, it, you know, something that I had to do with myself is be like, what if I, what if I was just single until like 35 and like sit with that feeling. And, and at first I was like, that feels really uncomfortable. I don't want that for myself, but also like, how can I actually cultivate a life where I'm still full of like, you know, uh, I still have a lot of abundance. I still have a lot of friends. I still have a lot of love around me, even if I'm single at 35 and not do the waiting game of like, mm. oh my God, I need to wait to have kids or I need to wait to do all of this. Um, so, so debunking also that myth that singleness is like a transitionary period. It's just another time in your life. Um, and, and it's a time where you're cultivating your relationship with yourself and the world just in a different way, but it doesn't need to be this like tragic thing. It doesn't need to be this, this really sad thing. So. You know, what's crazy. Like that point that you make on singleness when I, because before my, my current relationship, like I was in a relationship beforehand. And I think some of the reasons for that was I was looking for companionship and I wanted someone that could be a go-to that I would talk to every day about different things and just have that sort of consistency in another person. Um, as opposed to like you said, the, the idea of like dating yourself for singleness, not having to be this lull or in between between relationships. Um, and when that relationship ended, it was for, for me, like, I just really didn't feel like we were all that compatible. Um, I actually decided like, yo, I'm, I'm off this, like looking for someone, you know, I'm just going to, it's just going to be me. I'm just going to, and this was last summer. Like, I'm just going to just take time for myself. Like I'm not thinking about, and I'm not thinking about girls at all. I'm not shooting my shot with anyone. And that was like when I met my girlfriend, Kathleen. Um, and we like had one of the most like amazing conversations of my life where it was just like, nothing was even about like, really like what a relationship would be it was just like you as a person me as a person and like here's how we align on all these different levels um and i remember like i actually told mm -hmm. her like yo i'm not even i'm not even looking for anything with anyone right now like i'm not even trying to date anyone um like this is where my mindset is at 
Um, and she was like kind of in a, in a similar boat. Um, but then after like a couple of conversations, I was just like, yo, like I'm, I'm like obsessed with this person. <laughs> like, um, like I, I was like, just like so into her. And then that's like when we started like going on dates and, and whatever. But that point of like singleness not being an in-between is something that you have to consciously actually think about. Because I think the way we're wired is like once you've had a relationship or you've had a couple of relationships and maybe some of them are long term and you're single, you're like, okay, like it's basically me counting down the days until I hit my next long term relationship with someone that might be the person. Whereas it should just be like, I'm living my life as me and this is something that might happen. And if it does, like that's also going to be amazing. But where I'm at right now is also amazing type of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and uh, there's a lot of stories of people who meet, like, their person in this place where they just, like, aren't necessarily, like, looking for that or aren't, uh, maybe aren't even in a state of desperation. You're just kind of like, you know, if it happens, it happens, or, like, I'm not necessarily searching for this. Um, and I, I do also think that, like, in both singleness and in both re- romantic relationships, like the one thing about romantic relationships that I think is just so cool is how like you, it, it sometimes feels like holding up a mirror to yourself. Like when you're single, you can kind of go through, if you're not actively trying to, you can go through the world pretty complacent, not really introspective, but romantic relationships like trigger you to actually like face just the shit about yourself that you don't want to face. And so it's almost just like, you're kind of like coasting when you're single and then you get into a relationship and you're like, damn, I really have to face all of my shit. Like I have to really face all of my insecurity. I've also thought about like how there've been periods in my life where I just haven't wanted to face that. And like, that's been why I haven't been in relationships. I'm like, I'm really not trying to do the level of introspection that's needed in a relationship. And I just want to be like, you know, reckless and not think about it. And that's okay too. Wow. Yo, we're, we're getting some, some real knowledge right now with Dr. Muna Muhammad, the love doctor. Um, we're gonna do a little bit of a pivot <laughs> do a little bit of a pivot um, to our next segment which is the celebration of life segment um, and this is where we give a shout out to someone who comes to mind when we're thinking about our topic or just someone who is very important who's holding us down right now in our lives so Muna as the guest I'm gonna let you go first and then I will give uh, my celebration of life shout out Okay, yeah, my um, celebration of life shout out is um, to my mom. So for context, my, um, I am of Ethiopian background. So my, my parents immigrated here in the early 90s. And my mom and my dad got divorced when I was like pretty young. I was maybe seven. Um, and uh, my mom honestly married my dad because of like the, the escape that that offered her from the country. So it was an arranged marriage. She, um, she, she married him because she wanted to leave. There was like a lot of grief and unrest in, in the, in Ethiopia at the time. And, um, and, you know, they got divorced and she raised us basically on her own. And I, I want to shout her out because, um, I, I think of the lessons she's given me as both like good and bad, but I, I, I really value the ways that, uh, my mom has always been, uh, someone who prioritized my wellness and my happiness over me finding or being with a man or being in a relationship. Um, and to have that in a parent figure, like a parent who doesn't like pressure you to date, who doesn't criticize you for the way you date. I am like, you know, 
really open and and really like my my mom kind of knows everything about every phase of my dating life uh, even like the raunchy like parts and even like the the not so like wholesome parts of it like my mom knows it all and like the the ability to just have a parent um that's willing to sit with me and like talk to me about the relationship and where I'm at and to to not feel judged in that and then someone who also just has just always prioritized you know my happiness my career um over me being in a relationship has been really 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 valuable to my own growth like I think of like situations and relationships where I've like absolutely been played like like they're you know like I, I was in relationships where I was like defending guys that were just like not good guys at all and my mom would just sit back and be like you're being so stupid right now but I'm going to listen and love you through this like that must have been hard as a mom I don't know if I would offer my kid that same like you know uh patience so I really love her for that and then on the flip side and I, I say this to say that like you know there's two sides to everything my mom was hyper independent, like hyper, hyper independent and did everything on her own. And, um, and when I've been in relationships, I've also been like, my toxic trait is that I'm also hyper independent. I like do everything in the relationship. I, you know, need a lot of like space and time alone. I sometimes don't communicate and I'll like, you know, push the person out completely. And so I know that I've, I've learned that from watching her and I know that she's not perfect, but uh, I think the space she's just given me to explore my love life in conversation with her is like so special. And I don't take that for granted because I know a lot of people don't have that kind of relationship um, with their parents. So that's who I want to celebrate. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, Muna's mom is like literally the kindest woman I've ever met in my entire life. Uh, and I've always loved your relationship with your mom. You guys are just like, you're just like girls, you know, you're just best friends and very very open and transparent with her which is like really mm -hmm. dope to have in, in a parent figure like you said mm -hmm. what about you who's yours yeah I'm, i feel like it has to be my girl like i have to i have to give i have to give a proper shout out um just based on the topic Aww, that's cute. It, it's funny because i told her i was like i'm don't expect like <laughs> don't expect one quite so soon um but yeah shout out goes to, to my girl kathleen um yeah, it's just been it's just been like a really incredible friendship, like before anything, like we're just we're just really, really good friends. Um, and that for me is really important because I'm I'm not a traditionally very open person. Like I was we were talking, you know, before we started recording this episode, like even just the process of like starting and releasing a podcast. It was like four months after I actually started working on it that I could finally put it out. Um, but she's like been there every step of the way and. I've grown to become comfortable and being vulnerable and knowing that one, she's like extremely supportive, like the most supportive person ever. And then also like really real and critical with me too. Like if I'm, you know, if I'm being like standoffish or I'm being like quiet and I'm communicating, she's just like, yo, this is how I feel. She says it in a really nice way. Like she says it in a way that when I hear it, I'm like, damn, like I got to do better because, <laughs> because this girl's just incredible. So, um, yeah, she's just like a really amazing friend. Um, and when it just comes to like building a relationship where you're very intentional and you're both aligned on different values and giving each other feedback and just like working on things together, like that's for me like one of the most important things that I could have. So shout out goes to shout out goes to her, Kathleen, um, holding it down. I'm sending her love. And now my favorite segment on every episode 
it's story time. And we leave y'all with some life lessons. Stay tuned. Damn. Well, this is this has been an amazing conversation. Um, just a couple more things before we wrap up. First one is story time. A very quick story that I'll tell. It's kind of related to love life, but it was a very awkward interaction that I had with my dad when I was um, I was in second year. So what was that like? I was probably like nineteen, and for some reason, like my dad just one day was like, um, "David, I'm gonna drive you to I'm gonna drive you to campus." I was like, "No, dad, it's cool. Like, I can take the bus." He's like, "No, nah, I want to drive you. I have to go like that way anyway." I'm like, "Cool." So we're driving and we like hit a red light and the guy's like, um, he's like, David, you know, you're, you're a handsome guy. I was like, what's happening right now? I was like, thank you, dad. I appreciate that. He's like, you know, you're, you're young and handsome. So I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of girls are starting to give you attention. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what is happening right now? Like. And and that's the thing with my dad. I know he's trying to like ask like, are you do you have a girlfriend, or whatever? But like, he just won't say it straight up. So he's like, I'm sure a lot of girls give you attention. I'm like, I actually know that I don't I don't get any attention from girls. He's like, and I'm sure you talk to girls. I'm like, oh no, I'm really focused on my studies. Because the thing is like, the approach is friendly, but I know once I'm like, oh, I'm talking to you know, then yeah. it's like, why, David? Don't waste your time. Yeah. You're not going to school to meet a girl, or whatever, whatever. And then this guy's like. So I'm sure you know how biology works. So you're at the age that you can get you can get girls pregnant. I'm like, yo, I honestly, I was like, dad, what is happening right now? I said, yo, dad, just drop me off right here. I'll take the bus. I'll take the bus the rest of the way. Let me out. And and yeah, the the funny thing is that you're like, I need to get out of this car right now. <laughs> like you couldn't. <laughs> like the thing is, is that like he created like an activity around like t- talking to you. It's like goes on a car ride. Like that's so funny. <laughs> the thing is, like I was just thinking, like I was thinking, like is this a spur of the moment thing, or did this guy like plot? Was he like the night before, like? I have a couple questions for this guy. So yeah. I'm going to try to drive into campus. I actually don't know. I feel like he plotted it out. I don't think it was just like a 830 drive. He's like, oh, David's looking handsome in this light. Let me just bring this up, you know? Yeah, he definitely had like a so, script, like the whole biologically part. I'm like, you plan that out. That doesn't roll off the tongue. You thought about that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, no, I, I actually love my dad. So we're wrapping it up, Muna. Um, the final segment is called Life Lessons. And I think, honestly, you've been dropping mad lessons this whole episode. Everything from airplane mode to Hinge International. Um, but if you were to sum it up, uh, when we're talking about love life and we're talking about dating and romantic relationships, what are some lessons that you can share that you think can be a key takeaway for anyone who's listening? Funny, because I actually have like, um, I had like first date tips online dating tips and just like general dating tips that I like thought about before this episode. And I feel like I've covered most of them, but the one that I think is just a really good tip that I wish I practiced sooner is just like becoming comfortable with rejection in, in dating as well. And I don't think we talked about rejection at all, but like, honestly, and there's this, there's this concept called rejection therapy that's outside of relationships where you like do things that are like very weird. Like maybe you like, dance in public and you just like let people stare at you and judge you and you just like get over the feeling of people judging you when you dance in public 
Um, and, and obviously it's not the same in relationships, but the more you like hit on people and just get people to reject you, the more you realize that it's not like an earth shattering experience and you gain like a lot of confidence through that. Um, and so one, if you're single, um, I would just say like hit on people, shoot your shot, especially if you're a girl who's into guys, I find it easier to hit on guys. Um, I will say, I feel like just compliment a guy and they don't get complimented a lot. Like, I don't know if you relate to that, but it works. <laughs> so, um, but, but I've been rejected in the past. And like, I think that it's just uh, important to like, remember that rejection is not the end of the world. And it's actually a really important thing because you, you learn that like, um, you know, you don't want to be with someone who doesn't want to be with you or who isn't attracted to you. And so I would just say, get as comfortable as possible um, with rejection. Like that's a that's a tip that I would say for folks who are um, dating. And then also if you're like in a relationship, if you're struggling in that relationship, um, you know, like I, I think like the one thing I wish I could go back and tell myself is to not sit with it for too long and not bury it deep and to not sit through the discomfort of um, a relationship that doesn't feel right or doesn't feel like it used to. And the like, you know, the blind, like hoping that it gets better by some like, you know, magic of the universe, it, like that doesn't work. It doesn't get better if you just like wait around. Uh, it gets better if you choose to work on it. And, and then if you don't, then maybe that's a sign that it's not the relationship for you. It gets better if you actually like commit to some form of an action to, to working on that relationship with your partner. Um, so if, in your, if you're in this waiting area, and I guess that could also be complicated for people during during the pandemic and the types of stresses that becomes and like the lack of mobility that comes with a pandemic as well. Like just just really reflect on um, whether the, the waiting is productive or if the waiting is actually um, harmful and, and a waste of, of your time and energy. So that's that's my like tip to people who are uh, in relationships that might not be going as, as they wish they as they wish they were or as they were when you first started dating. Yeah, I like that you I like that you talked about rejection because I feel like ever since I got into my relationship with my boys, I'm so quick to be like, bro, just shoot your shot. Obviously, like I'ma say that because like I shot my shot and it worked, you know, to some extent. So I'm always just like, yo, just all oh, you yeah, shoot your shot, bro. What's the worst that can happen? But obviously that's coming from a place where it's like I don't really have to worry about it. So I love that that you talked about that from someone who is single who's like and, and you are right. Like, what's the worst thing that, that can happen? You shoot your shot with someone. They're just like, I guess the worst is they tell you you're ugly. Like, I don't. And they tell you that they're not down. And then, you know, there's seven billion other people in the world um, that you can shoot your shot with. So I love that. I love that. So that's that's pretty much everything uh, that I wanted to talk about today. Muna, this has been dope. Um, I'm, I love that you're thriving right now. I I didn't I didn't know you've been single for two years. That's crazy because. When we were in school together for like four years, it was just like, you know, Mercedes, <laughs> Johnson, all these different dudes that, <laughs> that I was getting the school oh from. My <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Y'all, David, David would make up nicknames for the guys that I dated just, just for fun, just for fun. And it always pissed me off. <laughs> yeah. My but the thing is, you always laugh, so it just encouraged me, and I was like, no, yeah, "I'm gonna just keep, I'm gonna keep running with this joke for as long as I can." Um, but I actually really enjoyed talking about the FaceTime dates. For me, is like a revolutionary concept, um, and I love talking about 
and because I've just heard like all I've really heard is like that they're awkward. But I loved hearing like your positive take on it. Um, the airplane mode thing is mind blowing. I was like, oh Lee, I start implementing that when I'm just talking to my friends who I'm like, yeah. bro, I budgeted thirty minutes for this catch up and yeah. an hour and a half airplane mode, right? <laughs> I think I think I think we're the same in that like I actually budget the time for my conversations with people and if it goes over I'm just like I'm sorry like I have to I have to preserve my energy in some way yeah. so I'm gonna like log That's off dope. yo for for all the men that are listening like Muna said she's single she's ready to get back out there and meet someone I'm gonna <laughs> tag her on the gram so follow at life IQ podcast I'm gonna tag Muna check out her profile like she said shoot your shot send her a compliment and maybe yo maybe i can play the role of matchmaker in that next relationship thank you so much for your time i really appreciate you love you love you and uh, we'll definitely catch up soon yes please thanks for having me david